Hello and welcome back to New Paradigm Healing. This series focuses on ayahuasca-assisted therapy. Our intention is to educate, inform, and support the conscious and responsible use of ayahuasca in the Western context. If you want to know more about ayahuasca-assisted therapy and our upcoming trainings and workshops, sign up for our mailing list to be the first one to know about the latest news at avatarhealingarts.com. So welcome back to everybody. And today is very exciting. I'm having Angela, my sister, here with me for this podcast. And we're going to dive into the preparation for an ayahuasca ceremony. So I'm super excited to have you here today, sister. And I just want to give you a few moments to introduce yourself, to share something about yourself and the medicine and, you know, how did we come together here? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm Angela Bank. I'm a co-founder of Temple Temple in the Sun. We're um, a trauma-based center in South Florida where we work with multiple plant medicines. I've been working with ayahuasca for almost five years now. And I know for a lot of people that's uh, pretty short on the path. I've done a few plant diets and um, preparation. I had a really solid spiritual foundation when I was called and introduced to the medicine. So I have a unique per perspective in that I was already working um, with a lot of shamanic teachers in shamanic journeying and doing ceremony work for many, many years before I actually ever came to plant medicine. So I had a, a very solid foundation once I came to plant medicine, which a lot of people don't have, right? And it's also not necessarily their path. You know, they're coming to plant medicine to heal, which I also came to heal. I had uh, breast tumors, two breast tumors in my right breast. And I kind of made the declaration or intention when I discovered them that I need to go to Amazon or the Amazon need to come to me. And so ayahuasca, even though I was introduced to her years before I discovered the breast tumors, once I discovered them, it was just kind of like that set my path in motion. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a beautiful journey and, and I've loved working with her. And when I went to Peru, she asked me to move to Peru and take my rightful place as maestra down in Peru, sitting on the mat and teaching. And I told her no. <laughs> <laughs> which we both had a good laugh. <laughs> she's very loving and playful uh, for me. She's been loving and playful for me. She's been like a sister for me in my journey and my interaction. And I told her I'm happy to continue this work with her and this path with her, but that she would just need to um, come with me and work with me in Florida. And lo and behold, we were just recently gifted an ayahuasca plant for our property. Yeah. She's probably about four years old, maybe, you know, she's very healthy, pretty big size. Obviously you don't want to harvest from them, you know, minimum like 10 years. I'm sure people harvest sooner than that, but you want them to um, be developed and start to have a really strong uh, constitution and energy before you start harvesting and cooking the medicine. Totally. Yeah. Thank you for sharing, sister. Um, would you like to share a little bit more about your healing and how the medicine helped you to, to heal? What was that? Because you said that you had a path before, a spiritual path, and you had tools and practices. 
and then you had this physical condition, this tumor. So what would you say was that, that extra that the medicine added to that path that you already have been walking before? And how are you now physically speaking, you know, in terms of the tumor? Yeah, so I drank the medicine and my tumors were removed instantly. So 100%, I actually already had that belief before I ever came to the medicine. I knew in the core of my soul and being that instant healing is possible. And I've healed myself of many things, but I've obviously not anything like that. You know, she had me put my hand on my boob and the tumor shot out of my body because everything's energy. I also take full responsibility that I manifested them in as instant as I healed them, which most people struggle with, right? Their basis of their beliefs. So what ayahuasca is always met me in my state of consciousness and being able to expand it a little bit more than like being in the dense victim energies, which we all have, because that's a part of separation consciousness. That's just a part of the human experience to separate from source and helping me remember, right? To me, she's helping us remember. And each of us have a different journey on what that looks like, what your path of remembering looks like. You know, did you do a lot of work in your previous lifetimes that your level of remembering for me, I came into this life, I didn't forget. And I tell people like I would commune with water when I was eight, water would teach me. I had many, many lives that I would do meditations in my earlies, like in 20, I'd be able to do meditations and see all the faces of the people that I've been in other lives, all the faces of my ancestors. And I never needed medicine to see that, but obviously medicine, it's like a key to a door. If you have doors that are shut, it's going to help you open so you can see better, so you can remember the truth better. Um, I feel like all medicines are working towards the same cause now, regardless on, um, and just speaking from non-synthetic based or plant-based. So I'm not speaking out of that realm. That's not my area of expertise, but plant-based, I believe they're all working, all earth medicines, animal plants are all working for the same good, which is just for us to unite and remember in consciousness that we're all connected and that we're also in our all connectedness made to be our own unique blueprint of the way that we're designed to be. So the way that I'm made to be and grow on this, on this journey, on this plant path, and the way that you're made to be and grow on this plant path, although they might have a lot of similarities, right? We're totally different. And the way that we came to this work is likely totally different even though we're going to have similar experiences, it's still just going to be very unique to each of us. Thank you. Yes, I so resonate with what you were saying about your healing process, how the medicine kind of expanded your awareness, your consciousness, so you could see the roots of, you know, why you were creating that in the first place and then make conscious choice just to let go. So I physically healed like instantly, but it would take me another couple of years before I could get to the roots of why that actually manifested. Like I didn't know the sickness where it was rooting from. Right. And so to me, and I've explained this many, many times, right? Anything that's going to manifest in the disease means we're separate from source. So there's a rotten root somewhere. And so I had a lot of sexual trauma and sexual abuse as a child, and I didn't remember it. And I believe most of the people on the planet have 
um, massive levels of childhood trauma that we bury, we don't remember based on survival. Like we had to shut those parts of us down for us to like be alive. And so it took a long time before I was ready to remember. Like ayahuasca even pulled up like the whole right side of my body, almost like rolling up a rug and, and, and showed me the darkness. And I was like, I could <laughs> feel it. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm not ready to go there. <laughs> and I was like, um, can we revisit that next year? I literally put it off for an entire year. And she like, just like laughs and she was like, sure. And she rolls it back down, goes <laughs> about it. Next year became last year. And I had to deal with all of it. Otherwise, then I would have right. just manifested more illness to get my attention. Because on a soul level, I made a commitment. Spirit showed me I made a commitment a few years ago to do whatever it took to remove the walls around my heart um, and then to go all in. And those were two deep commitments. Those were things I said from my heart, from my soul. I said because I knew that there was no other option for me to be here on the planet. And a few years ago, maybe it's four years ago now, ayahuasca showed me the remainder of the walls because I asked her, show me the walls around my heart. It was probably my only blissful journey. She opened up the walls. I had eight hours of bliss and I was like, okay, well, I know I can live that, but how do I live that, right? How do I live deeply from my heart in a bliss space? I have to remove the walls. Okay, what does it take to remove the walls? Uh, going into the depths of hell and removing every piece of separation and darkness that you have living inside you. And we all have it. I, I totally resonate with that. And uh, in another episode, we're going to more expand on the integration, you know, and how you continue with the healing process after the ceremony. Um, but I had a similar experience and a lot of people who I work with, you know, come with also something physical that they would like to heal. I, I had this uh, chronic pain I shared, I think, one of the previous episodes um, um, with my menstrual cycle. Like every cycle, I would be in this excruciating pain that I would just vomit and pass out from the pain, like to that extent, like it was like pretty bizarre. And the doctors couldn't find anything physically wrong with me so they they did all the physical checkups and they they didn't know and um, then I you know went more into alternative medicine literally tried everything that I could put my hands on to to help myself and to to heal myself and uh, eventually when I came to work with the medicine uh, that was really for me a key to to go to the root or to the to the depth of why where that was pain coming from and I did have an immediate kind of recovery after the first time I was with the medicine in Peru meaning that that level of pain that I used to have each month that significantly reduced like significantly and sometimes wasn't present at all but for years after I would have kind of these waves of <laughs> kind of pain occurring and further release and further dropping into deeper layers of that story and clearing that that was like still going on and I think you know that my own tools and practices obviously like just supporting me so much to continue with this work until um 
you know, we are all back in, in balance and in alignment. And I, I want to connect back to what you said at the beginning, how you had already a solid path and the spiritual practice and understanding when you came to the medicine. And I, I, I was very much the same and I was already a healer and a therapist and, and uh, just trained for many, many years and had my own experiences. And, um, and a lot of people, I work with a lot of people who are also first timer with the medicine and I, I, I don't, I never worked with anybody who didn't have any previous, I don't think you're ready. So what is, what is kind of your perspective on this in terms of when are you kind of not ready per se, but well equipped, you know, even to consider that, okay, this, this, this might be, you know, an appropriate step for me. Yeah. So a lot of people talk about the ayahuasca call, like she calls you. And I definitely feel like that's true. Obviously with pop culture, ayahuasca is in TV shows, radio, <laughs> books, songs. She's everywhere now. She's global. She's just about in every country. So she's definitely left the jungle for a reason. Um, and, and she's everywhere. She, there's medicine circles, whether they're underground or above ground in just about every country on every continent, whether it's legal or not. Um, so to me, it's a call, you know? And when I say that people are like, like it's an outside call, like your cell phones are <laughs> like, somebody's text messaging you. No, I, I, I feel like it's a call in here or it's something you feel like in meditation or prayer or, and obviously calls can look different. So um, just to work with a different medicine briefly, like I've worked with a boga and I was just like, a boga's not calling me. And I'd have people in front of me that literally have initiated with the medicine. I'm like, that's not calling me, right? So calls actually can come in different forms. Literally somebody can be in front of you sharing their life-changing experience. And that might be what's next on your path. And it's the universe giving you an invitation. And I feel like when it's really made for you, you'll often get invitations multiple times, right? Sometimes the three is like, when you've heard it two times, it's like, pay attention that third time. It's like, okay, you really probably should like, listen, right? Go for it. Yeah. Um, a call <laughs> probably look and sound and feel different for everyone. It could be that, you know, to me, it's not more of a peer pressure of like, Ooh, what my friends are doing or everyone's doing it. No. Cause I'm not that person to do what everyone's doing. I wasn't surrounded by people who did ayahuasca. I actually started telling people before I sat with her about ayahuasca and then they would go to Peru. And I was like, I haven't even sat with her. And I'm just <laughs> telling you about her and you're ready to go. So to me, that was like, that said a lot, like that's powerful. Like, what is this that I literally just can be introduced to her. I don't know anything about her, but I start sharing her with other people and they all of a sudden are like, compelled to go sit with her so it the call can look and feel different I feel yeah. like it's something that you know like your your body might feel it you might have an intuitive hit your heart might feel it um but, you know it's, there's no hard and fast rule about the medicine path for everyone and although many many people try and tell you you know what is this for you oh, everyone has different suggestions We've been taught to distrust ourselves and our bodies since we were babies. Not only do we grow up on a global, you know, stage that indoctrinates us from children, we have deep, deep levels of conditioning that's been passed down and colonialized 
so none of us are free and we've all been um, impacted by that. And so many, many people don't trust the call because they don't trust themselves or their intuition. Absolutely. And And the resistance as well, I think, like I I, I really want to emphasize, you know, what you said, that it is an internal and intuitive call you know what we are talking about uh, I was very similar story I was surrounded with the medicine but I lived in Europe in Ireland at that time and I really felt that I'm cold but not here you know that I want to go to the source to meet you know I that, so um, and then this opportunity came for me to go and I felt immediately that this is it you know I have to be there and I think you know maybe what could be helpful for people that if you are somebody who is not really connected with that intuition or not trusting that you could ask you know the universe or whatever you believe in some higher power and say show me signs you know guiding signs is this for me is is this a good moment and then just be present and open to notice that because you're gonna get those ones i had a friend who did this and literally was like i don't know should i go and do this and then like two hours later a snake fell on her head from a tree which is kind of you know some people believe the snake is associated with the medicine and the feminine so he interpreted it you know that okay I think that's a clear sign so whatever could be a sign and uh, a a client of mine I remember this was interesting too she was uh, not 100% sure she was feeling cold but still had a lot of fear around it so I just said it's okay whenever it's time it's gonna be perfect timing you know and just ask the universe you know to 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 guide you and eventually she went to see her psychiatrist who were describing her medication and the psychiatrist told her that if you ever come across with the ayahuasca I recommend you take it like a psychiatrist like a medical doctor so we are not saying names here but yeah she was like that's definitely I had a similar experience when I when I was told about her for the first time and it was like it was an activation because I could, her energy came through the, I'm just really energy sensitive, came through the person. It's like, I could see her without having ever experienced the medicine. And, and it was that where I was like, okay, well, I want to go to Peru. And I was in Turkey. I was traveling all over Europe and I had a dream. I had a dream. I was on a plane and there was Turkish people on the plane and there was Peruvian people on the plane. There was just a bunch of Brown people, but like, we weren't going anywhere. And so I just interpreted that, that I will go to Peru, um, you know, but it was going to be a long time before I would go. And so it was, it was a long time before I would make it to Peru, but I went. And so it was just like, oh, that's so perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, our dreams tell us it's just can we interpret them are always surrounded by signs, but, and guidance is always available. But as you said, uh, we are conditioned to, you know, rely on logic and the, the, the mind and, and therefore a lot of people disregard or not even notice. So I yeah. think that's definitely a good pointer to, to get more in touch with that if you are considering this path. Okay, so let's say that somebody got a clear calling and they interpreted it and they decided that, okay, I'm yeah. ready. Like what's next to do? Like how, how do you, what is your experience and how do you work with people to prepare them? 
So um, I definitely believe in having some form of a meditation practice, mm -hmm. some form of maybe even um, working with your breath practice. And I know this isn't going to be true for everyone, but the more people that learn about this medicine, the more they start researching, feeling into it and, and saying like, yeah, I'm called. Okay, well, what do I want to do to practice? Do you have any form of connection, spiritual connection already? Okay, well, if you don't, you might want to start developing one, you know, some form of prayer, meditation, and breathing. To me, those are like cornerstones of spiritual path, spiritual practice, and the medicine path. If you're going to work with medicine, it's teaching. So mindfulness practices, just cultivate any mindfulness or spiritual practice that if you don't have one, start <laughs> getting yeah. on it absolutely when i how long do you do you work? think you know if somebody says okay i'm definitely feel this calling and i i want to do this like how long they should before the ceremony they should start like a conscious preparation process um i feel like a minimum of like four weeks minimum you know if not like a couple months is great too. i do three months yeah yeah, yeah. and i love yeah, that so one you know? to three months i think it's very appropriate I, I agree yeah minimally like four weeks obviously if you are in really bad shape or if you have a major illness and that's a totally different story mm -hmm. but it's also like you know, why have you manifested this? And I understand that many people don't want to take responsibility or that feels like shaming or blaming, or, you know, like you're making pointing fingers, someone that they're the victim. And it's like, absolutely not. Um, I definitely believe in 100% responsibility though. That means for everything. I don't, I'm not like, oh, I'm not responsible for this. If it's in my life and my experience, I'm taking hundred percent responsibility because we're all connected from the beginning of time and that I'm learning to clear my association and memories that I have that are intertwined with that. So when you prepare personally for a ceremony, like what, what is your kind of practice if you wanna share that you always kind of do? So I am just being very intentional or mindful and just asking, you know, getting really clear. It's. So coming from where I'm at, I almost take for granted because I've been on my path for my whole life and I've never not had a strong spiritual connection with God. I was talking to God, you know, and meditating since I was six. I have my first memory. I retaught myself at 19. So people that are like brand, brand new to meditation, I try and remind people, you're not going to learn to quiet your mind in one meditation session and you're most people are going to be like oh my god i'm the worst meditator ever right? my mind is going crazy and it's like no try and do this in small intervals so you know 30 seconds if you can only do 10 seconds focus on your breath you know listen to your breath connect the brain and the body so you're breathing and making that connection and then do it multiple times a day throughout the day so you can grow your intervals from 30 seconds to a minute, a minute to two minutes, two minutes to five minutes, five minutes to 10 minutes. That's amazing, right? right? If we have no foundation before, which most people have no foundation. So my mind, when it starts going crazy, I'm just like, whoa, what's going on? Because I'm struggling to concentrate. That's really all meditation is, is concentration. When you concentrate, then the thoughts start to move out of the mind like clouds, just like stormy weather. Or I use the imagery of like a train station when you're sitting on the bench, a bunch of train goes by and then the train station clears. 
So that's our thoughts. They're moving to the past and they're moving to the future, clouds or trains, whatever you want to use, and just sit and focus on your breath. When you see, you'll see as you develop that mindfulness that you're going to the future. And a lot of times that creates anxiety and suffering. And then you'll see you're going to the past. Okay. That creates, you create like sadness or depression and, and I'm hooked in and suffered, continuing to suffer from that. So I'm coming back to the breath. When we move through deeper levels of trauma on the plant path, we don't have so many superfluous thoughts because most of the thoughts and judgments are hooked into our trauma. They have been imprinted during the time of trauma based on that event, what we were thinking, the adults around us were thinking, and that because we're um, very open as children, we're little sponges, we absorb all of it. We absorb whatever's being said consciously and whatever's being thought and felt unconsciously. Then all the things that we were thinking and feeling that we weren't in a safe, loving space to feel, we um, barricade that inside of us to hide it, right? We block that off with trauma. And then these becomes the state of emotions and thoughts that we live in a daily basis. The majority of the planet has never known themselves without trauma. So your right. very identity <laughs> is entwined with this. And so most people talk about going to the plant path and they're like, oh my gosh, it's an ego death and it's an ego death. Um, in one respect, yes. And in another respect, no. It's um, your unwinding from the identity that's trauma-based. So that is, a, it, right. is it feels like a death. Um, but that's not true. When you actually meet the unmet parts of you in love and sacredness and communion, you begin to integrate them into wholeness, which you even say, and I've said for years, that's our natural state of being. We've just you know, splintered off or fragmented in this experience of separation. And so having any form, no matter how simple of a meditation practice, even if you're just starting for four weeks and doing, and where you can incrementally go up to five or 10 minutes a day, yeah. maybe twice a day. I mean, that's life-changing yeah. because that's you communing with source and spirit inside of you, learning to trust those voices more than any and shaman out here hear, hear those voices <laughs> too <laughs> discerning what i call the talking heads which Absolutely. are the trauma voices which are the unhealed parts of us which are the parts that have been conditioned by our family and society um and we can root those out with yeah. loving kindness Totally. I, I, I absolutely think that this is one of the most uh, overlooked aspects of preparation because most people just talk about the physical dieta that we're going to talk about later, but the mental preparation, as you say, to have like some kind of mindfulness practice. And, and if you don't have any, just start with something very simple. Sometimes I just teach people to simply count their breath, like just count 30 yeah. breaths. I'm breathing in, I'm breathing out one, two, three. And most people cannot, it's like eight and then story, you know, oh like, God, right. where was I, you know, like what's the number that? here? You have to start it again. Uh, so anyways, yeah. So so it is a practice but you know why we are recommending this and emphasizing it so much is to create you know some kind of quietness in your head in your mind so you can be more clear and more relaxed in your mind and more intentional 
also heading into your journey and to really, as you said, you are very clear and intentional. Like I personally, I write a prayer, like a, I write down, you know, this is what, what I'm here for, you know, this is what my heart is saying. And it's, it's literally a personal prayer for each time. And I, I, uh, when I work with people, I ask them to do this, you know, after the preparation process. So do you, do you do anything like this, writing things down or just really clarifying it in your mind? And do you recommend this to, to people to have like a clear intention as much as possible? As much as possible, I tell people that your conscious mind is going to be like the gatekeeper. And so um, a lot of people aren't conscious of what their body and their hearts are asking, which to me is where an intention really wants to be invited from. But your conscious mm -hmm. mind is the gatekeeper. So it's a starting point. And then you just start there and it can go deeper. A lot of times people are like, I don't have an intention. I get out of the way. So there's like um, a double-edged sword when it comes to mindfulness, right? There's many, many people that are conditioned that have their breathwork practitioners even they have meditation practices i've sat with people in medicine that have meditation practices for over 20 years they live in their minds though they've been able to harness concentration but they've not been able to move it into their hearts or their bodies and they still struggle with taking down the walls and so it's really really important to say no amount of medicine takes down your walls your trauma mm -hmm. walls that's between you and source and also feeling safe enough inside yourself to do that. And so most people don't know how to cultivate inner safety. And so no amount of mindfulness and breath work, if you're not ready to take down your trauma walls, will take them down for you. It's a great step, but it also can be used to stay out of the heart and into the mind, right? And so it's mm -hmm. being mindful that you're not trapped in your mind. Um, that you're actually moving it as a pathway or as a map to go from your mind down to your heart, which is the longest journey each of us will ever take. And that's going to look different for each of us. Right. Yeah, I really agree that a lot of people are pretty surface with their intentions of either they don't have a clear intention or they like, oh, I just want to heal or be happy or something more general. So uh, in my program in the three months of preparation actually they have one-on-one -on -one sessions when there is a little bit of therapy happening to help them with compassionate inquiry to to create more awareness why am why i want to do this what, what what is that is really you know that i want to change what is that thing that i want to change so and also i find when people commit when they hear that calling and they say yes to this journey I feel the medicine is already working with Absolutely. them, even, you know, in that preparation. And I say this to people. So emotions come up, you know, things come up like fears come up. You are heading into the unknown. So we'll take those sessions, you know, to have like I, I do have people through this to give them more just clarity and confidence before. So do you do you recommend that people have sessions with with a guide or a therapist before and have them to process a little bit mentally, emotionally, what comes Absolutely. up, you know, before they go into the ceremony? Absolutely. Yeah, if they're not familiar, as soon as you make the commitment, whether you've paid the deposit or you, you just know on a soul level you're committed, that literally is an invitation to have the stuff that's in your subconscious start to unearth and, totally. to, <laughs> and to have things in your life be triggered. And so if you don't know this, you're like, oh my God, what's happening? Like <laughs> left and right, right? You're like, that's a part of ceremony. So ceremonies before, during, 
after like it is an yes. entire like <laughs> container and and most people oh my gosh we've had someone try and come to ceremony they got into a car accident i mean the level of resistance that people mm-hmm. will manifest to not come here oh my gosh i have the sniffles especially with covid like i can't come and it's like okay whatever you want to do to get in your own way to not change your life is absolutely going to come these are defense mechanisms that have been put in place inside you to keep you safe because there's terrified parts of you that haven't been revealed but i heard (laughs) i heard teal swan say and i love that she said this she said it's not that we're afraid of the unknown because the unknown there we don't know it so there's nothing to be afraid of we actually take our um identifying of what the unknown is going to be so our and inner expectations which normally comes from the past and we throw it into the unknown and then we're terrified right the unknown is it a makes a lot of life. sense <laughs> right. so it's like you're you're actually afraid of what the unknown might be and versus it being the unknown like if we meet the unknown from a place of of safety love and connection because to me right. that's the universe and that's the place that god holds us and to me, God is the unknown, then I'm safe in that place. But when I take my trauma based from the past and throw it into the unknown, that's terrifying. Absolutely. And that's to me where uh, most people psychologically, unconsciously are afraid of the unknown. Most of what we're experiencing in life, because it takes an incredible amount of power to be 100% conscious 100% of the day. It's, it just doesn't happen. You'd burn up so much, you'd be exhausting, right? Unless you're just meditating in a cave and you're a monk like 24 hours a day. <laughs> and even then I would say like, they're not hundred percent conscious. We're not, we're just not, we're humans. We're, we're going to live. The majority of our life is going to be unconscious until it's ready to be unearthed. You yeah. know, I, I use the um, iceberg analogy. You see, oh, yeah. iceberg, totally. you don't, well, the 90% is the currents that are driving your life. That's steering your ship, but ceremony is about unearthing that. So you can change the direction of your life, which is the vibration and energy that you hold and how that directs the currents. Yes. What about preparing on a spiritual level? We talked about preparing mentally, preparing emotionally, and just processing some emotions and getting some support with that. Um, I find that, you know, a lot of people who come from the West, they don't really have spirituality. Um, Yeah. I ask people, what's your connection with God? I don't have a connection, or a lot of people probably hate God. Like, if they're really being honest with themselves, because the God that they've been introduced to is like a man-made version right no yeah so there is a lot of conditioning and distortion and disconnection so I put that in the preparation to to bring in the spiritual aspect and you know to encourage people to to connect with something greater than them whatever they call it or they feel it in some way most people have some kind of idea or or primary you know um connection and you know to to create this um spirit yeah this spiritual space also for the ceremony so um 
the ceremony is like a ritual. So as you would go into a wedding, I, I explain people with this analogy that you, you dress up, you know, like you wear special clothes, you clean yourself, you put yourself in a good mood. Like you, there is preparation because it's a, something sacred. So I think it's the same, you know, with the ceremony, just to, um, to prepare from that, perspective energetically like go inward you know take time for yourself don't do so much activity journal meditate as you said there is a special diet that you do you know before the ceremony that that, that physical cleanse and purification so it's a very very internal like you are just withdrawing your energy within and and focusing and start withdrawing and focusing internally and quieting down and kind of detaching from the distractions and and the activities as well do you think it's important that people do prepare you know from this perspective as well absolutely absolutely um when i talk to people or have sessions with people and i'm like what's your relationship with spirit like start discovering that like you don't need medicine to, to discover that like you can start exploring that on your own like you can you know, be guided, what is an ascended master or an angel or, um, um, you know, a deity that you want to have a relationship with. It's about building a relationship. It's the many faces of God, you know, universe source, the beloved, the divine, whatever you want to call, that's going to give you that heart connection. I had to heal my relationship with the word God because it, there was so much uh, religious indoctrination being that I grew up Catholic and I had a priest tell me when I was going through communion because I, we had to confess something that I'd never told anyone. Cause I was like, I'm eight. I don't have any sin. I never did anything to have sins. I just remember thinking like, this is such a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> and so I told him, he was like, well, just tell me something you've never told anyone else. And I was like, well, I can speak to spirits. And he was like, you're a devil worshiper if you speak to spirits and wow. i mean i just remember having the fear of god put in me from a man that had no connection probably with god ever and i had one since i was a child that i could see and speak to spirits it took a long time to unravel from that and i literally had to like date a christian man that would be <laughs> like well are you a devil worshiper because i could speak to spirits and see ghosts and he didn't believe in that and i'm just like well, I'm glad I've cleared that. <laughs> so now I can call God any name I want. I don't have to prove myself to God or myself or anyone else. And I have a relationship that continues to evolve. And it's personal, right? My relationship with God is personal, just like my relationship with ayahuasca is personal. Because to mm -hmm. me, that's an aspect of God energy, a part of creation. And so start discovering that it doesn't mean you have to have it all figured out. It doesn't mean you have to have a strong relationship before you go sit with the medicine, but like, that's definitely a cornerstone on your path of self-discovery and self-mastery, which to me, if you're going to medicine, those are pieces and parts that are integral part of the whole. Absolutely. Thank you for <laughs> pointing that out. And yeah, just to summarize a little bit about what we what we talked, uh, the important points of preparation, it's not just a physical diet. I think that's the least part of it that you are on one week before the ceremony normally or two weeks, depending on this uh, restricted diet that you can Google, by the way, so we're not going to talk about it today so much. 
but more like the mental, emotional, spiritual aspects of this preparation and making this commitment and making it real. You made a choice. It's you made a commitment to a path, you know, not to the medicine or to an event, but but to something that you really, really want to do. And and it's kind of I feel like honoring yourself and your choice and yourself in that journey and. I just want to say that I feel that you get out what you put in. So if you go in without any of this, you know, it's going to be a very different experience. I'm not saying it's not going to be perfect, you know, in a bigger scheme, but it will be very different. And I find this, you know, this kind of approach when you do this conscious, responsible, sacred approach, it has a huge impact on your experience itself as well, but on your journey, like in general. So um, I'm so happy that you you shared all your your experience and thank you for coming. And, and if you wanna share anything else, just to, you know, remind people about the preparation, let's do that. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I have a couple more things. So we're not gonna go into as much about like the physical dieta, but what, and there's people in Peru that are like, there's no such thing, but like with Western, because Western world is very toxic that like the Westerners definitely need detoxing. It's really, um, what I've learned about food and energy, um, my whole life, I've been able to change the energy or the molecular structure of an apple, like just by holding and praying with the apple, it changes the energy. Um, Jesus talks about this. I'm sure Buddha talks about this. Most masters talk about this because we're energy beings. And so your energy carries a frequency. They talk about this too. When I was doing dietas, pray over the food, any food that you're consuming, when you pray over it, you're automatically changing the frequency. And so most adults, most of the time, and this is not all are eating mindlessly. And most are eating their feelings because we're in a world that doesn't give us permission to feel. And once I started realizing how much I was eating my feelings before I actually started doing the plant diets and, and it was really just to be more conscious about what I'm consuming. And that's the same, right? What are you consuming mentally? What are you consuming emotionally? And we actually normally put that onto our food. And so the diet isn't necessarily for you to be healthy or vegan or vegetarian or whatever that is. It's to help you be conscious about what you're putting and bringing in on all levels. And so I just wanted to add that, that most of us are eating our feelings because we're in a world that doesn't feel safe to feel. And we can only feel safe from the inside out. And then we create a new world. And so when we begin to relearn our connection and relationship with food, we move out of judgment, which is a huge barrier to moving deeper into the heart and the embodiment process yeah. with the medicine is just, yeah. you know, from love, compassion, gratitude, not from a place of that I have to be grateful, but from a place that feels enriching and, and loving and appreciative from the heart. Yeah, totally. I, I, it's a great opportunity also to heal our relationship with our body and food as a reflection of nurturing our physical body and that nourishment. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. I, I wanted to also point out that if you are somebody who has specific medical conditions or are on medication or you have chronic disease, 
there's definitely you should talk to a person who is an experienced guide facilitator and personally consult on your unique requirements. So what we were talking about today is like more general and it's more for people who are relatively healthy. <laughs> but yeah, definitely if you have a specific scenario, you know, like there is more um, preparation needed and, and somebody who is professional and who can guide you and help you to assess what you need to do. Maybe you need to wean some medication off and so on and so forth. And also there are some contraindications and and that also depends on the circle and the people i think mostly who hold that space mm -hmm. you know and some people say okay if you if you have mental illness you know i'm not going to take you into the circle and i heard other people who take who don't have this criteria so i think it can be different but there can be contraindications and in some cases people can be advised maybe to do other type of healing work before or work with other plants, you know, to kind of prepare. Um, and, um, and yeah, the individual guidance and the, and the personal support that you know somebody who, who, who is an experienced guide, I don't want to say doctor or therapist because it doesn't matter what the paper the person has what matters that person been through this many times and can hold space and guide others and and i i'm not a doctor so when i have people with medical issues like i have a doctor who is also part of the circle and and you know they're gonna consult with the doctor as well absolutely, absolutely. i love the maps.org they have a lot of really great information on their website that talks about awesome. um i believe contraindications and um you know prescription medications and that kind of stuff but yeah that's a really good point yeah maps.org right yeah. some good information there is there anything you would like to share sister some some uh, offerings that you might have right now for people um so i work one-on-one -on -one with people i typically work um anywhere from three to six months with people one-on-one -on -one, doing one-on-one -on -one coaching if they're wanting to do deep dive work I do a lot of inner child work. Um, we work locally. We do ceremonies locally at Temple in the Sun. So feel free. You can always find me on social media under Angela. My last name is B as in boy, E-N-C-K. You can always send me an email at just Angela Bank, B-E-N-C-K at gmail.com. My website's the same, my first and last name.com. So I'm available mm -hmm. on most outlets. You can reach out if you have any questions, comments, um, we're doing a goddess circle at the end of the month, and um, we specifically, specifically focus on childhood trauma. And so we do really, really sacred, um, safe work in our container, people that um, have traumas. And so that's pretty much our specialty. And that's where we're setting ourselves apart, where we're not, not just um, any type of medicine community. We're working with specific people and we're also starting to tell people um if we feel like they're not a vibrational match with us because there's many people that say yeah. they want to do inner work and then their um energy says something different which is okay there's nothing wrong with that it just means they might not be a fit for us or they might not be ready and that right. can look different for everyone 
Yeah, yeah. Thank you for your service, sister, and your offerings. And I'm going to include all the links um, when we post the podcast so that people can connect with you and reach out to you if they resonate with your offerings. Um, you can learn more about the integration process in my book, uh, Heart Medicine, Ayahuasca Assisted Therapy and the Integration Process. It's on Amazon or from my website, avatarhealingarts.com. And I'm two weeks, I think I'm putting out like it's a seven week online workshop. It's going to be about emotional release. So it's going to be focusing especially on how to process difficult emotions like anger, fear, grief, you know, that we would normally suppress and to learn tools and to learn how to express these emotions in a healthy way. So if you if you want to let go of some heavy emotions, tune into that. I'm going to also share the link and put it out there. And thank you for listening and leave us your comments. And you're going to see us back with Angela. Thank you, sister. I'm so honored thank to you. share this space. Thank you and for all who listened. Yeah, lots of love to mm -hmm. everybody, wherever you are. Yeah. The earth right now, big heart and oceans of love. Thank you.